On episode 602 of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Dr. Heather Hirsch and discuss her book, Unlock Your Menopause Type, Personalized Treatments, The Last Word on Hormones, and Remedies That Work. You can find the full show notes for this episode at 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 602. Have you decided you're ready to make a change? To reclaim your health and fitness, the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is here for you. Each week, we dive deep into health and fitness topics that affect those of us over 40. I'm Coach Allen. I'm an NASM certified personal trainer with specializations in corrective exercise, behavior change, performance enhancement, and fitness nutrition. A Precision Nutrition Level 1 coach, a FAI certified functional aging specialist, and an OTA Level 2 online trainer. Each week, I'm joined by our co-host, Coach Rachel. She is an NASM certified personal trainer and a RRCA level one run coach. Let us be your coaches as you find your way on your health and fitness journey. All right, let's go. Are you struggling to get and stay motivated to eat right and move more? Are you frustrated with the slow pace of progress or no progress? Are you missing that spark and energy you used to have and see yourself sliding into old age right before your own eyes? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then it's time to take action with 40 Plus Fitness online personal training. With 40 Plus Fitness, you won't waste time on ineffective workouts or diets that don't work. You'll have personalized nutrition and training plans designed to address your unique needs. You'll lose weight and you'll keep it off. You'll get stronger and more fit, all in a sustainable way that works for you. Beyond the guidance and support, you'll have me, Coach Allen, to hold you accountable. This accountability will help you be more consistent, and that's where the magic happens. Take the first step toward a healthier, happier you by scheduling a free discovery call with me at 40plusfitness.com forward slash discovery. On this call, we'll discuss your unique needs and how you can get the results you want and deserve. You'll leave this discovery call with a plan of action. So what are you waiting for? Book your free discovery call with me today at 40plusfitness.com forward slash discovery. Results start with this click, 40plusfitness.com forward slash discovery. Hey, Raz, how are you? Good, Alan. How are you today? I'm good. I'm back in Bocas, uh, where I like to be. It was great to visit family. Don't get me wrong. That was a great catch up and I'm glad I did it. But um, I'm just happy to be home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. It's hard to be away from your own home, your own habits, your own kitchen, your own bed for so yeah. long. <laughs> and my dogs, and yes. my wife. You know, yes. just, yeah, those little That's things. Right. Uh, <laughs> That's right. That's right. How are things up there? Good. About the same. You know, I'm doing the same thing you are. I'm squeezing every moment I can with family when I get it. We're trying to get some vacations planned and and just just being as busy as we can. Summertime just feels like it goes by so fast because we aim to spend a lot of time together because I'll tell you right now, in the wintertime, I shut down. I do not want to drive in the snow. I don't want to be outside except to run where I can at least generate some steam, some literal steam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but no, I'd I i will, I'd like to spend as much time with my family as I can. So 
Yeah, Tammy and I are planning our our September holidays because um, mm-hmm. we're going to close Lula's down for the month and oh. just go explore. Um, nice. So we're going to take some time off and and just travel around this country and uh, Mexico. We're going to go up wow. to Mexico for a little while, but that's kind of the plan for September. So we're we're putting that all together right now. But this this trip will be the two of us together. That sounds be awesome. Better. Be better. Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm glad you get the time to do that. That's great. Yeah. All right. So guys, and I mean guys, guys, because um, I don't <laughs> normally say this kind of thing, but look, the topic we're going to talk about today is menopause. And if you've listened this far, you need to keep listening. The health of the women around us is important to the quality of our lives too. And so just recognizing that, no, she's not crazy. She is going through something. Maybe seeing these buckets and that we're going to talk about in this interview and just saying, hey, that's her. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's her. And uh, maybe this book will give her some options that'll help her. I think that'd be a very valuable thing for both of you. So don't tune out just because this is a menopause issue. There's a lot of education in here that can help you help the people around you and your relationships. So please do listen on. Our guest today is the founder of the Menopause and Midlife Clinic at the Brigham and Women's Hospital and has also served on the faculty at Harvard Medical School. She is board certified in internal medicine and completed advanced fellowship training in women's health at the Cleveland Clinic. Her specialty practice focuses on the menopausal hormone therapy, perimenopause, breast cancer survivorship, sexual dysfunction, bone health, and other conditions common to women in midlife. She is an active member and contributing member of the North American Menopause Society and an International Society for the Study of Women's Sexual Health. Anne runs a private telemedicine practice while teaching clinicians and advising various industries on the topic of midlife. With no further ado, here is Dr. Heather Hirsch. Dr. Hirsch, welcome to 40 Plus Fitness. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. So your book is called Unlock Your Menopause Type, Personalized Treatments, The Last Word on Hormones, and Remedies That Work. Now, my wife has just recently gone through menopause, and so I've I've experienced this side of that relationship thing. I haven't experienced it, obviously. I've had a lot of conversations with experts in the field, and I, you know, in talking to them, particularly women that have experienced it, there's this concept that every woman experiences perimenopause and menopause differently. But your book took them and kind of said, look, we can group these into buckets, if you will. And within that, basically now you can be a lot more specific about how you address your health and and wellness and mental (laughs) everything by knowing kind of what your type is. I, I really like that idea because I think so many times people think, well, what's the answer? The 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 answer. <laughs> and it's a lot right, more complex exactly. than that. Right, right, exactly. Wouldn't that be so easy? You know, I I'm glad you liked the types because certainly it was meant in many ways to really help women really help better target their symptoms by thinking through what are the predominant symptoms. Or what is the predominant health history I have leading up to menopause? So did I have surgery or cancer? Or did I never have a hot flash at all? Because if you never had a hot flash or or an outward symptom, 
it may not even be on your radar. And therefore, actually, your health could be really deterred by not knowing what that means. And so I also love the buckets because I think truly there's not one size that fits all, but I couldn't write a book that was like, you know, the the million types of menopause yeah. they're going to add into limited <laughs> at some point. Yeah. The, the, your editor probably would have had a problem with a million types of. <laughs> the, she would have. Yes. And actually, you know, my editor, uh, my, my agent actually. So even before I got to my editor, you know, I said, I really want to write a book on why nobody cares about menopause. And she said, well, I think that might make a better blog post, but so, you know, and, and actually we spent a lot of time thinking about the menopause books that were already on the market and what would make mine different because there are good books, but I really also felt that there weren't inclusive enough. So I talk a lot about depression and anxiety younger women, women with cancer, seemingly kind of get left out of the equation because they just don't fall into the cookie cutter, you know, 51-year-old with hot flashes. Yeah, yeah. Now, while we're on it, let's let's just briefly go over the six types and what kind of makes each of them unique. Yes. So the first type is the premature type. And actually, this is one that is a medical diagnosis. There is something called premature menopause. And that is when you have menopause before age 40. And early menopause is menopause before between ages 40 and 45, meaning really simply whether it's surgery and your ovaries were taken out or your period stopped and you had lab lab levels that showed menopause, about one to five percent of the population has early menopause. And I had a patient last Friday, she was sitting with me in my New York City office. And she said, you know, how rare is this? And I said, well, I think I did the math. And I think I said, like, 1%, I'm going to get this wrong. But, you know, 1% of 5 million is 50 million is 1% of 50 million. I don't know what the number is. It was either how much is it? I think it's 50,000. 50,000, right? Yeah. 50,000 women a year. And that's just 1%, but we could go up to 5%, right? So I said 50,000 women each year is not nothing either. And I also think that that number is dependent on getting lost in the weeds here, but I'm really passionate about this. I think that number is also getting lost in the weeds because she said, also, I haven't seen a doctor in a really long time. And I don't even know if my doctor really even considers the fact that I haven't had periods anymore. So that number, one to 5%, is probably an underestimate. Okay. The second type is the sudden menopause type, often due to either something suddenly happening. I think of chemotherapy for cancer treatments. I think of surgery for maybe endometriosis or cysts or cancer again, thinking of Lupron or certain medications, even high dose steroids. I had a lady who went into menopause after a traumatic car accident. She had a traumatic car accident, boom, never got her periods again. And so for most women, the sudden menopause type is potentially where hormone therapy is not indicated because there are patients here who are suddenly you know, waking up and and taking chemotherapy for cancer. And so this type is really talks a lot about in my book, non-hormonal therapies, but also, you know, different ways of exercising, different ways of treating your body with a sudden type of menopause. A full throttle menopause is exactly what it sounds like. Symptoms from head to toe, you know, hair loss and night sweats and weight gain and fatigue and lack of motivation and 
you know, every single symptom you could think of is, is really your full throttle menopause. The mind altering menopause, which is type four, is really near and dear to me as well, because I think there are many women for whom their symptoms are really more mental health hearing, whatever that means. So there still could be a big shift in hormones and they may get either misdiagnosed with depression, anxiety, bipolar, and there certainly could be multiple factors, but the shift in hormone there is huge. And this is actually one where I say movement really is medicine. There's the lingering menopause type, which is symptoms that just sort of never seem to go away, never as terrible as full throttle or as obvious as sudden menopause, but too many women let menopause symptoms go on for many, many years without feeling as though they are worth treatment or they're worthy of treatment or they're just taking care of too many other people. And then silent menopause type is really what I touched upon is that even if you never had a symptom, your body still changes. So what are the exercises you need to do? What are the health tests you still need to do because women with silent menopause type may seem lucky on the outside, but if that doesn't remind them that their body's still changing, they may be left at a disadvantage. Yeah, and, I, and I think it's important for them to kind of go through that process of deciding, okay, what's what's the best approach for me? Because there, there is no one size fits all. So here's an opportunity for you to do a lot of different things. And one of the things that's going to come up, and fortunately or unfortunately, there's there's kind of this, I guess it's unfortunate, is there's kind of this confusion about hormone therapy because there was the nurse's study. And so we have information from a nurse's study. And that's what most, I think probably most general practitioners and maybe even a lot of gynecologists were taught was, okay, this was the science, but we've learned a lot since that study. So pros and cons, uh, should a woman consider hormone therapy or not? So absolutely, a woman should consider hormone replacement therapy. And, you know, I always like to, to preface all of my either talks or podcasts with, you know, I again, I still don't think one size fits all. So it's not HRT or bust. But, you know, there are so many indications and it, there are so much now we know about the safety and efficacy. So I kind of think about it like this. If uh, a person was diagnosed with hypothyroidism and they were feeling sluggish and slow and their hair was falling out, you know, we wouldn't say to them, oh, well, just, just set your alarm earlier and meditate. Like, you'll be okay. We would give them thyroid hormone. We would replace their medication because they're missing a hormone that is crucial to their entire body. And truly, estrogen is very similar. Now, biologically, women were meant to go through menopause. I don't know how long women lived postmenopausally, probably not as long as we do now, maybe, you know, five years, 10 years. I, I, I don't really know. And I actually think there was an evolutionary basis to being in menopause. You could help your children and then they could help their grandchildren. So I actually think there's an interesting evolutionary basis for menopause. But now we live very, very long and our symptoms can be really quite severe. And now midlife is the peak of a woman's functionality in terms of intellectual capability, financial capability. And so, you know, not that all women need hormones or hormone replacement therapy, but for so many women, it's just like that hypothyroidism. They lose their estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. 
And yes, things like meditation and gratitude and journaling, they can certainly help. But just like that example I gave you, oftentimes when I give them estrogen back, boom, it's like night and day. They're back to functioning and feeling so well. And we should not demonize an endocrine dysfunction or disorder. Now, people get all up in arms. <laughs> you asked a simple question about, is it safe? But truly it is. And the thing about the safety of HRT, back to your original question, is it, it is so peppered with cultural and societal norms about menopause and whether we should take hormones or not. But anyways, it's not necessarily that menopause is a disease or, you know, and yes, it is a natural part of life. But when you are a doctor, when you see what I've seen, that the majority of women really feel so much better almost instantaneously, not all of them. It really does. You really just see at the basics of this, you lose a hormone, I replace it, you function well again. So we know from the women's health study, as well as some of those longer studies, right, the nurse's health study, uh, lots of studies about HRT, that there is an immense amount of safety data, particularly for women who start within 10 years of menopause. That's the one thing that the WHI scared people about. And the idea that hormone therapy increases the risk of breast cancer has also been demystified. And that if we use certain formulations, estradiol and prometrium, which are FDA approved, which you should absolutely get FDA approved, we don't see statistical increases in in breast cancer. And we do know that women who do take FDA-approved hormone replacement therapy live longer, die less from all causes, have less diabetes, gain less weight, have improvements in quality of life, better bone health. Oh, stops your symptoms. I forgot to say. <laughs> Work longer, retire later. So many benefits from hormone replacement therapy. So before I get off my soapbox, my last thing is you're not doomed if you don't take hormone therapy. It's just that the last statistics showed that probably about 7 to 10% of the US population is taking hormone replacement therapy. And if we can even get that number to 20% at the peak before the WHI, it was 45 to 55% of women. You know, I just want women to be able to have better conversations with their clinicians, with themselves, and to think about HRT as a valid option. Yeah. And I think that's what's really important here is that you educate yourself. You're you're your own coach. I mean, you're your own CEO and you have to make the, the best health and life decisions for yourself. And if you just go at it like a knee jerk, oh no, that's bad, without really looking at your particular situation and what it would mean, and talking, of course, to your your medical advisor, your practitioner, your gynecologist, and having those conversations, then at that point, you can make a an educated judgment of what's best for you. Exactly. Exactly. Now, this is not all about getting a shot or pellets or whatever else, creams and everything else. There are things you can do every day to help symptoms, help yourself feel better to get through this easier and, and come out stronger. And we call those diet, exercise, and self-care. Can you talk a little bit about how those play into this? Yeah, I, I think they're really, really crucial. And even to come off the backbone of talking about medication sort of right off, off the bat, I do think that diet, lifestyle, mental health, and sleep really lay the foundation for adding a medication on top of this. Because whether you take that medication off or on, 
or you change the dose. These are the things that set up good habits for the rest of our lives. And once we're postmenopausal, we're always postmenopausal. So, you know, to keep it brief, I will say one, one more plug for my book is, which is incredible that I was even able to do this, but for each of those different types, I talk about the best types of diet, lifestyle, uh, mindset, and, and foods for each one, which is really crucial. So let me give you a little window. The sudden menopause type, we talk a lot about anti-inflammatory foods because I'm thinking if something suddenly brought you into menopause, perhaps you have cancer or you're taking chemotherapy. And when we talk about exercise, I'm talking more about like graded exercise, stretching, mobility, flexibility. When we talk about the mind-altering menopause type, I feel as though because of that loss of dopamine, there are certain foods that can include those feel that could increase, not include, increase those feel-good hormones. And in the mind type of menopause, I think that exercise is really medicine here and getting your body moving, getting your cardiovascular system moving is so, so crucial to also help you release dopamine, serotonin, and those happy neurotransmitters. And for the silent menopause type, I talk a lot about weight-bearing exercise. And actually, you know, low, of course, I should say across the board, weight-bearing exercise for women as we get into our 40s is absolutely crucial. Thank you for saying that. It doesn't have to be going to... (laughs) Thank you for saying that. (laughs) Yes. It does not have to be going to CrossFit. It does not have to be, you know, but really, you know, if you're new to it, starting with weight-bearing exercises, squats, and then picking up your milk and doing deadlifts with that and, you know, upper body, your shoulders, your back. In my book, I talk about a a lady who had silent menopause. She had a BMI of 20, played tennis, you know, two, three times a week. And as she was getting the turkey out of her Thanksgiving, out of the oven for Thanksgiving, she stood up, fractured her spine. And she, you know, hadn't been weight bearing, hadn't been told about osteoporosis at all. And so the the weight bearing is so crucial, not just for the silent, but for all women postmenopausally. It really has to be incorporated in some way, shape, or form. When we think to, uh, you know, I am not a bona fide nutritionist. I actually had Elizabeth Ward as a dietitian who wrote a wonderful book, a great companion book called The Menopause Diet Plan. And there are really, you know, certain foods that are so important that we should be getting for vitamins like zinc and iron and magnesium. Now, iron's not as important postmenopausally because you're not bleeding anymore, but in perimenopause in your 40s, it's really, really crucial because it can lead to a lot of fatigue. And, you know, me, I always just, I always recommend a, a, a diet with at least 80 to 100 grams of protein a day. You know, I have done, I have tracked macros once in my life. I personally hated it just because it just made me feel so crazy about it. But increasing protein in midlife is so important. So weight bearing exercise, increasing your protein intake, you know, and, and, and then we can talk a little bit more about some of the other lifestyle tips like sleep, but you know, these are really such foundational backbones to thriving and feeling well, because how you treat your body between ages, you know, 40 to 60 really sets up how you're going to spend the rest of your your time on this planet. Yeah. Now, one of the topics that's come up and and it, and you know it's like why is a guy 
interviewing and reading all these books on menopause because I've done, I try to do at least one per year. And we because, loved this. I mean, because we loved this. Well, you know, to me, it's important to understand what's going on in my wife's life. And, you know, I know there's a lot of women out there that need this information. And me being a guy, that's not a, a valid reason for me to say, I don't need to know this. But I've read some statistics. I couldn't quote them right now. But there's a lot of divorces that happen during perimenopause and during menopause. And it's it's a lot of it can probably be traced back to just changes in behavior, changes in what's going on in your life. And as a result, there's a disconnect in your relationship, you know, and there's a lot of other things that probably play into that, like kids moving out of the house and other things. But I think it's just really important. And I wanted to bring this up is that you have a conversation with your significant other, with your kids. You know, I'm not screaming at you because I hate you. Maybe I'm just going through something here. And helping them understand it. Could you talk a little bit about some how someone can start that conversation, particularly once they know they're tight? Oh my gosh, one thousand percent. And really, I got so excited and clapped is because it really, actually, it's so fundamental that men really understand this. And I think that it's easy to look at this now. We're in twenty twenty three, right? In terms of like your partner being pregnant. Certainly there are some, you know, most nowadays I'm going to make some assumptions and a heteronormative relationship. So an assumption there, and and that's not always the case, but in this assumption or this scenario, you know, men now are expected to, you know, go to some doctor's visits, not all, because that would be bizarre and touch the belly and help build the crib and take maternity pictures and help if their wife is and learn about what the what and learn about breastfeeding and all of those things right there is no difference here there is no difference here there's not a big belly and there's no crib that needs to get built but the but the process is so uniquely similar we're going through a complete hormonal shift that we do so that we can reproduce for the species right and 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 for men to be inquisitive, to want to learn for their partners, to want to educate too, and and educate other men or women, like who knows? Because and I actually think that men find this very interesting because as much as women have been shut out, they certainly feel shut out and also feel like same thing in in the hospital when the baby's being born. Like, what can I do? What can I do? <laughs> and and really. I, I think you asked me what are tips for women to start the conversation, but gosh, I think that if men also were there for the conversation or, you know, you know, almost even said, I bet, well, actually men should say nothing. Women should take the lead maybe, right? Yeah. Well, that's what <laughs> I'm thinking. Think- you know, one of the things is at this yeah. point of this show, my guess is that our listenership is all women. Most of the guys tuned out the first minute when I said, we're going to talk about menopause. Unless their wife was going through it or they thought they were going through it, most men are going to tune out. If you didn't message me, let me know. I'd be very interested to hear otherwise. But I think it's incumbent on the woman to recognize that as she changes, as hard as it is, having conversations, because I've heard of, of women unable to complete their jobs. They have to quit their jobs because of the symptoms they're experiencing. And that's so unfortunate because it's a medical condition. And so they need to have a conversation with their employer and say, okay, I'm I'm going through a medical situation. I'm treating it. I'm working with a doctor. And then you have certain protections 
that you wouldn't have otherwise. But I think it's just that point of saying, okay, I need to I need to start these conversations because this is not just a, a thing I'm going to just breeze through and accept. This could change me. It is going to change me at some level, but it could change me drastically. And I need my partner to know that. I need my children to know that. I need my work to know that so that I can live a whole full life and not let these symptoms take me down. I couldn't agree more. And and I think that there may even be shows like this, for example, that they could sit down with their significant other to say, you know, I I think I could be entering perimenopause. There's probably some cute, humorous things that, you know, can lightheartedly bring up the conversation. I have a small section on this on my book, too. And telling not even just your partner, but also if there's, you know, children still at home, which sounds kind of silly, but it can help your children better understand that there's just a, you know, that, that mommy's not, that there's crazy. a transition here. That's not, <laughs> not them, but you know, you know, women can have shorter fuses, feel more irritable because they're having trouble sleeping because they don't feel good. And they're so used to more often taking care of the whole family. So there's also guilt and there's, you know, worry and anxiety there. But even just sitting down at the dinner table one day and talking a little bit about it and the physiology, books are always great. Unlock Your Menopause Type is a great one. You know, podcasts like this show can be great for partners to listen to because it's so nice sometimes to hear a guy's voice. I I did another interview on a Boston radio show with two male hosts, and it was just great because I love having men as hosts. These can serve as bridges, and it's so crucial. Thank you. So, Dr. Hirsch, I define wellness as being the healthiest, fittest, and happiest you can be. What are three strategies or tactics to get and stay well? Oh, what a good question. Okay. I'm just going to go with what I've been doing lately. And so, you know, not that I'm perfect, but I am certainly just a mere mortal myself. I try to be pretty introspective when I can. So I actually just started going back to therapy. I've been in therapy on and off for many years. And certainly I have no problem saying that out loud. And it really helps me to take off the mental load of, you know, I I listen to a lot of patients talk about their lives and their histories. And for me to be the best doctor, for me to be the best mom or parent, I need a place where I can digest all of that information so that I could be a better, continue to be a better doctor, continue to be a better wife and mother and friend. So for me, that's kind of what I call my mental, mental, my mental health. That's my mental health, right? So for me, that's cognitive behavioral therapy. And I'm lucky that I have resources. But another way of doing that is my is is other things that you can do like journaling or uh, journaling, especially is basically free cognitive behavioral therapy. For me, it's 20 minutes of exercise most days. That keeps me also really feeling my best. I used to be a long distance runner. I used to run marathons. And in this time in my life, actually, I think that would be more stressful on my body if I didn't absolutely love it and have all the resources to refuel my body. And so I like to do 20 minutes of exercise a day if I can in the mornings. And it really sets me up for just a wonderful day. And oftentimes I'm either doing my Peloton or some cardio or sorry, or some weights because weight bearing activity is so, so, so important. The third thing that I do to be my best self, I would say, gosh, I could say so many things. Probably I could say sleep or, but 
Let's not lie. I, I love scrolling it, but I like being present. So I like to be in the present moment. So whether my kids are snuggling with me on the couch or I'm reading a book to them, my husband's telling me about his day, I'm looking out beautiful scenery outside, I'm taking my first breath of air. I'm just trying to live in the present moment. That actually makes me very sane and happy. Awesome. If someone wanted to learn more about you and learn more about your book, Unlock Your Menopause Type, where would you like for me to send them? I would love for you to send them to my website, heatherhirschmd.com. It's got all the resources you could ever need. Or my social media, I'm at heatherhirschmd across all the platforms. Great. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for being a part of 40 Plus Fitness. Thank you. It was a complete joy and pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you so much for talking about this topic. Thank you. Welcome back, Raz. Hey, Alan. Menopause is the topic of the day for me right now. <laughs> As I mentioned to you and our viewers way back in the spring, I hit menopause, so I'm postmenopausal now, and I'm trying to deal with all these weird symptoms. But I also appreciate what you just mentioned in our intro that for the guys to listen in, and I happen to be married to my husband, Mike, and, and I've been cluing him in on my strange behavior <laughs> and the, the, my my questions that I have and, and all the things that I've got going on. We we do have an open discussion. And for any of the ladies out there, who whomever your partner or spouse is, be open and start talking about it because it, it can be very helpful to, to get that conversation started. Yeah. Uh, you know, me doing what I do, I, I talk to a lot of people in the field, you know, that are doctors. I try to have at least one menopause issue per year mm -hmm. uh, because I think it is an important age related topic for us to get into. Uh, mm -hmm. But guys, I mean, we're, we're going to live with this for mm -hmm. potentially a decade or more. They're living with it and we're not experiencing what they're experiencing, but sometimes they're not going to articulate why they are all emotional and going off on you because you didn't mow the yard right or didn't <laughs> pick out the trash right or mm -hmm. you're like, okay, went out and it's not in here. I'm sorry, I forgot to put the bag in there. You know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. It's not worth trying to choke me to death for. But, um, <laughs> you know, just realize that 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 could be a symptom. And so it's, it's worth having that discussion. And you know, mm -hmm. one of the things that I liked about Dr. Hirsch's book was the, this, the concept of the buckets. Yeah. Because it, it, it shows you just how different the different symptoms for different women can be. And here's mm -hmm. something we didn't really get into in, in the conversation, but you can, the woman can be a combination of a couple of these. You, you can mm -hmm. actually, when you start reading through the descriptions and getting into a little bit more detail, you can be, well, I'm sort of a little bit that one and sort of a little bit that one. And, you know, you may not be having all of the symptoms. You might only really have one or two, or you might have mm -hmm. every single one of them that anyone's ever listed um, yeah. in any kind of thing. It's like, do you have, and yep, I got every one of them, check them all off. Mm -hmm. But yeah, again, the book gives you some practical guidance and talks about different solutions and things that you can consider. And if it's adversely affecting your life, you know, again, you have to have the conversations and you have to find the relief that you can so that you can live as normal a life, but, you know, mm -hmm. now it's not a new normal. And I think that's one of the big takeaways from most of the interviews that I've done is that a lot of doctors in the past have just told women, this is just how it is. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. And it's not, you do have some treatment options and you should really pay attention to those. I, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's one of the biggest mysteries of menopause is that we all think this is natural. We went through puberty. Now we did our childbearing years. Now we're going through menopause. It's all very natural. But when things do interrupt your life, when things aren't quite right, there is a solution. And the tricky, the second part to that, the second tricky part is that, you know, we're used to like, when you get a cold, you take antibiotics. When you break a bone, you get a cast. When you get menopause, like there's a big blank after that. And it's, and it's, that's the hardest thing. So when you're young and in your thirties and forties, it's really important to start paying attention to what your body is doing, what's normal for your body. And then as you're shifting into perimenopause, which is when your hormones are all crazy and fluctuating, then you really got to dial it down because I think that's where I went wrong is that I'm a very athletic person. So when I'm getting achy and emotional and tired, it's probably because I I ran too many miles and didn't eat enough, but that's not necessarily the case. So trying to piecemeal these different symptoms, it, it can be really difficult. And before you know it, like in my case, I'm in menopause and now I am really dealing with the carnage of my hormones being all out of whack. So I think that it's, it is important to find a doctor who knows you to pay attention to your symptoms, start tracking some things, and then um, doing some blood work when necessary to see if there's anything that can alleviate the symptoms. But that's, that's part of it is chasing the symptoms. And that can be hard sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when most of us went through puberty, a lot of, a lot of folks really suffer with acne as an example. Mm -hmm. So what mm-hmm. do you do? You look for treatment for acne because mm-hmm. again, it's it's somewhat debilitating as a 15-year-old, 16-year-old who's just completely breaking out with acne and feeling self-conscious and that's affecting everything in your life. Mm-hmm. This is this is actually a li- maybe even a little bit more severe than that. And so just knowing, okay, I'm going through this. I do not want this to affect my career. I do not want this to affect my relationship. I do not want this to affect my kids. Mm-hmm. And so depending on where you are in life, you're, you, you're juggling a lot of different things and now boom, here's this, this <laughs> another thing. thing to deal with Yes, <laughs> okay. that highlights everything. It overshadows everything. And, and like you had mentioned too, you know, as because emotions are often tied with menopause, like we are emotional people. I'm an emotional person just to begin with, but anxiety and depression is another side effect of these changing hormones. And if your husband or your partner notices those things and can talk to you about that, that could be another you know signal to go to your doctor. And we have talked about, or you guys talked about hormone therapy. A lot of people call it hormone replacement therapy, yeah. but that is another way to treat some of these symptoms, especially if you're getting super emotional in with anxiety, depression, and even anger. Like you had mentioned, sometimes we are quick to get angry. And and I noticed that in my own personality, I'm usually a very happy, very patient, very calm person. But since I've hit menopause, my emotions are pretty quick to change. And I've noticed that. So, you know, it's if your spouse or partner notices that, that could be a helpful symptom to to chase with a doctor. Yeah, because you're 
you're half aware of what you're doing most half. of the time. <laughs> yes, half aware. <laughs> you know, you, or you you feel it afterwards. It's like, why mm-hmm. did I why did I go off yes. on him? Why did I run yes. into the bedroom and start crying? Um, yes. You know those kind of things. And granted, you know, I can't say I've experienced that. I, you know, we go through andropause, so there's a there is a a lowering of our hormones, and we we mm-hmm. recognize that as we get older, we get a little softer. Um, Mm -hmm. but usually, but you know, it's not that you have to, or must do, or, but it's that you can. And so it's the Mm -hmm. thinking through, how do I properly treat myself so that I can live the best life possible? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, I say wellness is healthiest, fittest, and happiest. And if this is adversely affecting your happiness and your lifestyle, it's a health problem. It's something mm-hmm. that you should spend some time addressing. Now, it's not always hormone therapy or hormone replacement therapy, right? Um, HRT, whatever, mm-hmm. however you want to define it. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's an option that's out there, and it's worth you having a conversation with your doctor. Now, mm-hmm. if you're well out of menopause, you've been in menopause for several years, you're probably not a candidate for hormone replacement therapy, particular estrogen and progesterone. If you Mm-hmm. still have a uterus but just recognize that it's available to most women that are perimenopause or just going through menopause so while you're going through the heat or hot or everything else of, of the symptoms the worst of the mm-hmm. symptoms mm-hmm. Um, that's the point where you have an opportunity to lessen the blow and mm-hmm. live probably maybe even a better normal life maybe even a better life than you had before because <laughs> you know yourself mm-hmm. and your body so much better when you give yourself the energy and stuff that you had when you were in your thirties by this hormone replacement therapy, you're capable of moving more. You're capable of thinking clearer. You're capable mm-hmm. of better make, making better decisions and all that put together. It, it's kind of like a trifecta of health mm-hmm. because you're moving more, you're eating better and you're feeling better and you're happier. Right. I mean, yep. so just look at these solutions and decide what works best for you and your lifestyle but mm-hmm. don't just think you're a victim of your body. Um, right. You do have a team and some people you can talk to that can help you work through this. So true. I think this book would be a really great place to start. I really like how she did put the six types or the buckets of of men, symptoms of menopause. I think that would be a fantastic place to start. And then also I'm personally working with the women's health department of, of my hospital network. So I actually have a menopause specialist <laughs> helping me get through all this. So, you know, start with your symptom management, start taking notes, start journaling with what, how you're feeling, get a book like this to maybe kind of put some of those thoughts into a framework and then maybe speak with your doctor and see yeah. how it's going. But please don't wait. Like like if you're even thinking something's off, you're in perimenopause, your periods are kind of wacky, start now and go see a doctor and and figure this out before it's too late or not, not that it's too late in a bad way, but yeah. the better you can get started now, the better you'll be later. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about the buckets is that then she gives you some ideas of protocols, like like how you should be moving, how you should be eating. Hint, hint, it's whole food. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, For just about every bucket, but um, well, for every bucket, but it's just, it's just that concept of you're going to have some tools some things you can Mm -hmm. try that she's worked with thousands of patients and, and walk, help them through menopause. So she's in a really good position to teach you how you can treat your body to make the symptoms less, 
where you mm-hmm. feel better, more like yourself. And yeah, if you be- after reading what she has to say about it, if you believe hormone therapy or hormone replacement therapy or HRT, however you want to say it, <laughs> is the right yep. thing for you, then mm-hmm. you can have that conversation with your doctor from a, yes. a point of self-education that now you can understand the answers to the question. Your doctor's mm-hmm. just poo-pooing it and saying, no, it's going to cut. You'll know that that's yeah. not entirely the case. And you can just ask them if they've read anything since medical school. But uh, just, you know, talk to them and and you have a team and, and, and just make it work for you. You know, on that note, Alan, I have a general practitioner like everybody. You have your main doctor and they know a lot. But when you have something important going on, you find an expert, whether that's a menopause specialist, a cardiologist, anybody out there. You see a PT for muscular or, um, you know, other imbalances like you know, start with your general practitioner, but then when you need to see an expert, just, just go right to the expert. Excellent. All right. Well, I will <laughs> mm-hmm. talk to you next week. Great. Take care, Alan. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Next time on the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Dr. Martha Boone and discuss her book, The Unfettered Urologist, what I never had time to tell you in a 15-minute office visit. Until then, have a happy and healthy week.